Greetings, and welcome to the Talk of History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, before we get on to our main topic, Jen, I want to lead off with a five-star review of the week because we actually got one. Awesome. Hooray. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna read the little review here. This is from Not Sleepy Girl. Now, this was actually, as you're listening to this, it was probably a few weeks ago, but I'm reading it now because we batch record. So Not Sleepy Girl says, I love it. Five stars. Y'all are covering three things I love so much. Classic movies, histories, and cemeteries. Thank you for keeping all of these alive. I almost cried when y'all were talking about Maureen O'Hara. Thank you. So thank you to... Not Sleepy Girl for the five-star iTunes or uh, Apple podcast review. That's awesome. If you are listening and you don't have an Apple device, you can ask us questions over at Twitter at Talk With History. But don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, where we interview folks while chatting about history over a couple of drinks and let the conversation wander where it may. So please don't forget to leave us those Apple podcast reviews. You can ask, ask us a question if you leave us a five-star review, and we will do our best to answer it. Let's be honest with each other for a minute. Learning about history can be hit or miss. I'm speaking from my personal experience. Textbooks that we read in high school may not have caught your imagination like a good book, whisking you away to a magical land, scientific future, or even time travel to the past. But what if time travel did exist, and you could walk through history, see what it was like in the past, perhaps even talk to the larger-than-life historic figures that we read about in those not-so-interesting high school textbooks. Well, I'm here to tell you folks that time travel is real, and that's what we are talking about today. So we're going to talk about our experience, and Jen, what are we talking about today? A historian's Disneyland. Historian's Disneyland. Colonial Williamsburg. Yes. So tell me about Colonial Williamsburg, Jen. So Colonial Williamsburg is at the eastern part of Virginia. Uh, it's kind of southern, eastern, so away from D.C., but it's part of what they call the historic triangle. Yeah, that's right. So you have Williamsburg, you have Yorktown, and you have Jamestown. All of them are so relevant to American history, and they're all within 20 minutes of each other, and they form kind of like a triangle. Yeah. So they call it the historic triangle. And and one thing that I didn't realize, being a West Coast kid, so I come out here, and you tell me about Colonial Williamsburg, and I've like maybe heard of it. But it's a huge draw. It's out the here. biggest tourist attraction in Virginia. Is it really? Yes, I didn't know that. It is. So it's it's huge. It it's been recreated to look like it did during the colonial era. Yeah, and so many people want to go and engage because it's such a large area, and it there's so much to kind of walk around and see that people just want to go and spend the day and take in all of the attractions and the history. So we have gone there a number of times. Yeah, we've probably been there at least a dozen times now. <laughs> and I think our first time we were just so blown away that we bought like the year pass. Yep. And so it just brought us back. And there, the draw of Williamsburg is there is different things to see at different times of the year. Yeah, that that was something that I, I, 
I guess I should have expected, but I didn't expect. And we even missed a couple things and we tried to hit everything. Sure. So they do like a, they do Christmas. They decorate for Christmas. It's a very colonial Christmas. They do the 4th of July. It's very fireworks and patriotic and they march down the street. So they do the fall festivals and they put up ice skating rinks. So they try to make it vary with the time yeah well there's an occasion to come at any time of year yes and like any like you've taught me any good museum is changing their displays constantly and so they basically have like a a monthly event calendar yeah so you can kind of see what they're doing and where to go and who to talk to yeah so 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 tell us about the the history of colonial williamsburg right why why is it such a big deal and such a big draw so it was founded in 1632 it was a, a colony it was the Virginia colony and it's the center of political events really around the American revolution. So that's kind of what made it such a, a pinnacle point in American history. Uh, The college of William and Mary is there and it's the second oldest institution in uh, a institution of learning in America behind Harvard. But it was uh, founded in 1693. And so who's William? Right. Who's William? Who's Mary? So King William III is where you get Williamsburg from. He's the king at this time. And then his wife is Mary. And when William is the king of both Ireland, um, Scotland and England. So there you'll see a lot of these when you walk around and you go to like the palace or you go to the governor's um, the governor's palace. Or you go to the capital. You'll see a lot of the coat of arms. Oh, yeah. And it'll have the unicorn and the lion. Mm -hmm. And it's because the unicorn represents Scotland because they believe in those mythical creatures and the lion will represent England. Yeah, I don't think, again, me not being a history guy, I don't think I put that together. So I'm learning as we talk on the podcast. (laughs) So those coat of arms you'll see all over the place. And then when William dies, well, his Mary dies first and William dies and Queen Anne becomes queen. And she's really pinnacle with like, sustaining Williamsburg and helping them grow and get bigger. And she's actually the sister of Mary. Mary and Anne are the legitimate heirs of the throne. Yeah. And so when Mary marries William, he becomes king. But as soon as he dies and Mary dies, it goes back to Mary's line since she's the, they have no children. So Queen Anne becomes queen. And she. Um, so that's why their name is plastered all over everything. It's all over everything. And so, College of William and Mary, you get Thomas Jefferson, you get George Washington, got a surveyor license from uh, the, William, the College of William and Mary. Yeah. You get James Monroe, you get John Tyler. These are all presidents that have gone to William and Mary. Yeah. So, it's just a lot of historic places. 1699, it becomes the capital of Virginia. So yeah. it's actually Williamsburg is the capital and it's not until Thomas Jefferson decides to move it during the American revolution in 1780 for protection because Williamsburg is really close to the water opening. Oh, so it's Chesapeake e- Bay. So it would be e- technically easier for yes. someone to yes. so the British, shoot cannons yes, and all that the stuff. The British will have easy oh, access. I didn't think about so that. he moves it further up river where it's not as accessible by ship right. to Richmond. Oh. And then, and so in 1790, Richmond becomes the capital of Virginia huh. and Williamsburg is 
I wouldn't say forgotten, but it's kind of, it, it goes into disrepair. I mean, the College of William Mary is still there, but it's kind of untouched. You get farmers that live there and locals, but it's really not, it's not modernized. It's not as populated. And then it's, it's a sleepy town in the early 20th century, but there is a reverend at Bruton Parish, which is the church there, the church that Thomas yep. Jefferson goes to Still church and George Washington goes yep. to church. And he wants to bring back the history. He wants to give it back to America. So he tries to find philanthropists who are interested in something like that. And he lands on the best one. Yeah, he lands a whale. Yeah, he gets a John D. Rockefeller Jr., so the so, direct air I don't think air I, I, don't think I, I don't think I realize that because it again from you know if we if we give the kind of behind the scenes perspective mm-hmm. right we we go into the YouTube realm of things mm-hmm. right we talk about how we're learning and I'm learning about Colonial Williamsburg literally like as we're there and, sure. and you're bouncing off the walls with excitement mm-hmm. and you're telling me about all these things I'm like oh that's great you know this is, this is so historical and it, and I was flabbergasted at how big it was 300 acres it's i mean it's huge and it's well done but i don't think in my brain when you get there you're like oh this must have been like this for as long as williamsburg has been around i didn't realize it was literally like kind of brought back to life yeah about the 1920s so the early 20th century um Rockefeller and his wife are very instrumental bringing all the financial backing and they take um, 88 original structures and then they build like hundreds of reconstructed structures and open up this colonial historic area. And it's basically a living museum. Yeah. No, it, it it's super super cool, and it's, like the folks walking around. Tell me about some of the the like the characters walking. So around. that's what it's, it's a living museum. They employ all of these different types of people who recreate the artisans and the occupations of the time. The, they are in the actual buildings and locations, so you can walk in and and see a milliner and she's making dresses, or you'll walk in and see a wig maker, and they talk about who would make. Who would wear these wigs? And they know a lot. They know too. a lot. Like I mean, they know... they're they're ready for little kid questions mm-hmm. and adult questions. <laughs> it's amazing. They talk about how you know George Washington never wore a wig. They talk about people who would wear wigs all the time. Yeah. When would you change to wigs? And and how you would get them made to your specific head size? Yeah, that was one of the more interesting shops that we we yes. finally got to recently because I guess they're not open as often as some of the other places. Yeah, so those are the we will do another podcast on top tips. Yeah, and I'll give you some top tips of visiting, but yeah. you have to catch them where they're open. Yeah, but like the apothecary, like what people did for medicine at the time. Yeah, so these people are so knowledgeable. They stay in character. Yeah, they wear the colonial dress. And it's really amazing if you can engage with a historical character. Oh, yeah. So so hold on. Before, before you go where I know where you're going. So for, for the, the folks listening, right, Jen's birthday is in December time frame. And so depending on, on what we can do, whether it's a big birthday or something like that, you know, um, sometimes for us as parents, it's nice just to get away for an afternoon or a day or whatever like that. So Jen takes off for her birthday. Yes. And she drives to Colonial Williamsburg. We'd already been there probably six or seven times. She does the. She spends the whole day. I don't know if it was Saturday or what day. No, it, it was. I was. think it was like the middle of the week. It was the middle of the week because the kids were in and, school. And, and, and you come there. back and you're like, Scott, I got to talk to Lafayette. Oh my gosh, the Marquis de Lafayette. <laughs> I 
saw him walking down the street and I'm like, is that who I think it is? And then I walked up and I said, good morning, sir. And he started speaking in French. And then I said, you know, um, sorry, sir, I only speak English. And so then he started engaging in English with me and it was amazing. He stayed in character the whole time. And for those listening, yes, this is the same Lafayette in Hamilton. Yes, the same Lafayette. And he knew his his information. I asked him about the Battle of Yorktown. I asked him where he stayed in Williamsburg as he was there with George Washington and, and as they were there with Rochambeau and how they were strategizing, he yeah. could tell me where they were staying and where they strategized at. Then I asked him about his comeback tour of uh-huh. America yeah. and where he went and who he talked to. I mean, we talked for like 10 minutes yeah. and people walked by and I think they were nervous yeah. to engage and he, he would greet them, yeah. but they, they want you to talk to them. They yeah. Want to and I, I can see how people would be nervous because they're like, in, they're in full dress right they stay in character and we'll talk about more of that on the next podcast where we're going to give some top tips like you said i didn't realize that he started talking to you in french yes yeah because a lot of people around there you wouldn't you wouldn't know exactly where people would be from right right because the french is helping so much yeah and so you do have to and some people actually are schooled in french at the time you would learn it yeah so he's he's engaging with that language first um which would make sense yeah that's cool i that's a that's a neat little tidbit it was so great and i just i i just had had a great day. I got to see a colonial play. So they recreated a play that would have been shown about the 1780s yeah. in colonial Williamsburg. And it was like a, it was kind of like a, a, a play about couples yep. and yep. Christmas time. So it was, it was great. So I really enjoyed that. But again, you want to catch some of these events because sometimes the historical figures will be in one location on a stage yeah. and they'll give you Together. kind of a talk or something. So let, let's move back to a little bit more of the history of Colonial sure. Williamsburg. So like, I mean, who are some of like the the buzzword, like the big names that everybody would know that were like living there, working there, you know, before it went into disrepair and before things moved up to Richmond? Sure, you're going to know Thomas Jefferson. Sure. Of course, he goes to school at William & Mary. He's very influenced by um, George Wythe. And we go in on one oh, of our videos. We go the to the, yeah, we go to, to the George Wythe house. Yeah, and I, and if correct me if I'm wrong, but George Wythe actually kind of helped Thomas Jefferson formulate some of his thoughts on law and the legal system. Huge influencer yeah. to Thomas Jefferson. So much so he shows so much respect to him. He keeps that spot open on the Declaration of Independence That's for right. him. We've, we've got a whole video on George mm-hmm. Wythe and and that. And so he and he's he has a statue of him in front of the law school of William & Mary because he's such a father of American law. Yeah. And so you have Thomas Jefferson, you have people like George Wythe, the sign of Declaration of Independence. You have, um, of course, George Washington. Yeah. You're going to have Madison. You're going to have Martha Washington. Yeah. Close by her family. Yeah. going to live there. So you're going to have these early founding fathers of course, James Monroe and John Tyler both also go to William and Mary. So you have presidents oh, yeah. through time who go there. And this place has been visited by Queen Elizabeth twice, 1957 yeah. and 2007. So we, I stand on the staircase where she stood. Yeah, they have, so in, in the, uh, the Williamsburg Inn. The Colonial Williamsburg they Inn. They have pictures of her visit. Yeah, so you'll get like Churchill has been there. Yeah. Eisenhower has been there. President Bush has been yeah, there. Modern day president. President yeah. Obama has been there. Yep. The ninth G seventh summit was held there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so That's it's cool. it's been very 
it, there's been a couple presidential debates held there oh. at the College of William and Mary. Oh. So it's huh. it's just so much a part of American history. Yeah. Now, when, you know, you talk about the historic triangle, so there's obviously there's places to stay in the greater mm-hmm. area, but as far as like staying in Colonial Williamsburg, what, what are people's options? Because like, we had our one thing. Sure. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. <laughs> but there's a couple different options for folks to stay at. Well, I'm sure, you know, of course you can stay at the Colonial Williamsburg Inn. Yeah, it's, that's, the, that's a big one. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's really nice. Okay. Other hotels around in the area. Yeah. Now you're going to have... This is a draw for families. So Bush yeah. Gardens is there. Yeah, there, there's, they, there's a whole lot in the area. Yes. But as far as like in Williamsburg proper, and really what I was driving at was, I, I want to talk about Colonial Williamsburg Inn, and then where we stayed. In and the, a co- it's a colonial house. Colonial house. And there's but other you do smaller, that through Colonial Williamsburg Inn. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, in my mind, I kind of see them as, as separate, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but the Colonial Williamsburg Inn, I mean, that's that's the big place. And I, I mean, I have friends that like their kids do soccer tournaments in the greater, in the Williamsburg area. Um, well, it's still modern day. I mean, you'll yeah. see, if you go to visit, don't be surprised to see people jogging yep. through yeah, there. I mean, you see college kids jogging yes. through, through the street. And they're just, day. you know, because it's, it's a very, just, it's right by the college. Yeah. It's very modern day. Uh, I think when we were there, there was actually a run, an yeah, organized they a run. Five, they had a 5K. 5K was happening. So don't be surprised to see things like that. It's still a very active place for the community. Yeah. But yeah, I would, the Colonial Williamsburg is, is like the ideal place to stay. And if you can do like we did and stay in a colonial home. So 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 tell us a little bit, of, tell, tell the listeners, right? Because they may not know that. I'm like the best husband ever, and yes. I got you an amazing 15-year anniversary <laughs> gift. So it's our 15-year anniversary, and Scott surprised me with um, a weekend in a colonial house, the Lewis House. And the Lewis House was on the property of, George, of Martha Washington's grandfather's property. Right. And I think he rented out the house. I don't think he lived there. I don't think Lewis was his name. No. So if I remember right from when I was making the video, I think it actually like it was one of his homes, yes. one of his properties. One of his properties. He you've, eventually he eventually sold it. Yes. He eventually sold it. And then I think that's the person he sold it to was Lewis. Yes. Um, but it's it's highly probable that Martha Washington as a, as a young child. Absolutely. Right, was in the garden. Um, was, was in the house. garden, was walking around. I mean, here, here you know, she was... Uh, what was her maiden name? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Oh, I don't know. I know Custis was her first married name. That's right. That's right. I don't remember what her maiden maiden Yeah, I don't remember either. But it was, I mean, it was really cool because when you're walking around Williamsburg, you don't kind of know what might be an office or what might be one of these homes that you can stay in or a tavern or something like that. Yes. And so the Lewis house was... A three-bedroom colonial house, and we had the whole house. Yeah, and it had a little kitchenette. It had bathrooms. It had. It was just an amazing place, and we had the run of the whole place. So, yeah. if you go there with your family. It's a great place to stay with your family. And I mean, it's literally like across the street from the Williamsburg Inn, and then the next block over is the main drag of Colonial Williamsburg. So, um, I think yeah. her last name was Dandridge, yeah. Martha Dandridge. Okay. That that sounds that sounds right, mm-hmm. but um, staying there was amazing. So there's lots of options, and and I think I know this a little bit better than you because I did all the research <laughs> trying to find the, just the right place for our 15 year anniversary. Yes. So there's there's places where you can kind of um, 
some of the smaller homes, mm-hmm. right? And so they're actually some of the bigger buildings, That's be, but that's because there's three or four rooms, right? It's kind of almost like more like a motel t- so style. they try to mimic like a tavern right. type idea. Yeah. So if you were going to stay in a, t- in a colonial tavern, right. what would that look like? So they have some bigger buildings that are called taverns yep. and you can rent the rooms upstairs and stay in a tavern. Now they, they're modernized to be American, you know, um, with the modern amenities, but, um, but it gives you that idea. Yeah. And so, yes, you can get a house like we did. You can stay in a tavern room. You can actually stay in some that they, they label as like, there's like the oral house and then there's the oral kitchen. Yes. Right. And so we talk about this a little on our video that every house or manor usually had a kitchen would be, which, which would be a whole nother standalone structure behind the main house it would not be connected by walls it would have space between it and that's because of fear of fire and so what they have done for some of these kitchens is they have made them small little um basically like studios or one bedrooms if you also wanted to rent those you could stay in the kitchen and it's confusing because you'd be like why would i want to stay in the kitchen but it's it's part of the house yeah it's just not connected yeah and, and honestly like i that's exactly what i thought when i was looking this stuff up i was like why is it saying the kitchen like i'm i, I don't i don't get it yeah. right and then once you educated me thank you very much um i was like oh that's why because it's a separate structure but it's on the same basically lot um so it, it colonial williamsburg is I know you were like incredibly excited to go there because we have friends and family, like close family friends that have been going there for quite some time. Yeah. It's been really fun. And it's just one of those places. It's nice to walk around and it's it's just a great spot to and be. And it's really up to you how much you want to engage. Yep. People will dress. I, I plan to dress. Yeah. I bought the colonial dress That's and the right. colonial hat and the bonnet and I have the under hoops and I plan to dress and people will do that. And, and, people will engage with you and so it's not odd to see people dressed in colonial outfits as they walk around colonial Williamsburg. yeah i'm that'll be a day (laughs) when i see that so the history of colonial williamsburg it's undeniable the country's forefathers lived and worked there building the foundation of the society that we know today that fact alone actually takes time to set in when you're there walking in the same garden that Thomas Jefferson walked through or having dinner in a tavern that James Madison probably sat down and had drinks in. And yes, possibly staying in the same home that Martha Washington herself may have stayed in at one point in time. So again, thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time.